0: Welcome to Grave to Great. I'm your host, Tracy Wood, and this is our weekly podcast where we discuss end-of-life issues, hospice care, and implications for families and their caregivers. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to another episode of Grave to Great. I have the pleasure of being here with Gwendolyn Jones today. Gwen. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Gwen is a mom whose twin son Kay- had twins, uh-huh. and your son Caleb passed away. He did. At the time, he was 33 weeks? He was 33 weeks um, gestation. Okay. Okay. And then you
1: also had your baby girl. I had my baby girl. We found out um, at, oh, I'm sorry, 32 weeks, we found out um, that he was no longer with us. And at 33 weeks, I had them both cesarean. And she was- So full- you carried them I carried them, them both. The two weeks,
0: at the week. A week. Knowing um, that Caleb was not with you, yeah. was not alive, but he, he's still with you. And
1: I was okay with that extra week because as long as i was still pregnant i still had him with me yeah. and i didn't have to say goodbye because he was still there and i it took me by surprise because i didn't know that he could stay until she was born but um since they were in the separate sacks and they were both fraternal he could just
0: hang out until she was ready to come oh wow wow and then you had your little girl madeline with you when you learned that Caleb wasn't,
1: the heart wasn't beating. We did. We went to a routine ultrasound. Um, We did it every two weeks for multiples to make sure that they're both um, growing at the same rate. And they were. So we went to 32-week ultrasound, climbed up on the table. They took a quick peek at both of them just to make sure um, what they looked like. And so she goes back over and she starts measuring Kaylee. And she measures him and then she gets up and she leaves the room. And I thought it was kind of odd, but she said she was going to go find the chart to see what they measured at so i climb down and i go over to the bathroom and when i come back out she's still not back and i was like hmm i wonder where she is yeah so she comes back in and i get back on the ultrasound table and she turns the ultrasound back on but she turns it on and turns it right back off but not before i seen that straight line that went straight across the screen and i just knew so then she says gwen baby b doesn't have a heartbeat anymore And I just, my world just shattered. Yeah. There was, we listened to his heartbeat the week before. I felt him move earlier that day. At least I thought I felt him move. I was just devastated. And she was there with us. She loved seeing the babies on the ultrasound because they were both so different. Um Kaylee was always the rowdy one. She would run up and down and flip in circles and Caleb was a chill one. He would just kind of stay put and we always got the most beautiful pictures of him. He was just chill. Yeah. So here she was and that was just uncensored raw truth. Yeah. And there was no way that I could take back the news we just heard. She heard it as well as we did. So So how did she react?
0: And your husband was with you, too.
1: My husband was with me. I was looking. So we're in this little bitty room, and he is on my right side. And I just look over at him, and his face just said it all. It was horror. It was just grief. He he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to say. And Madeline is sitting across from me. And she already has tears running down her face. And she says, mommy, what's wrong with Caleb? What's wrong with brother? She knew something was wrong, even though she may have not understood or heard what the doctor said. She knew something was wrong. So the nurse asked me, she says, do you want me to take her out and give y'all some time? And like everything else in her little life, I've been very open and upfront with her. So I was like, get me off this table and I'm going to tell her. Mm -hmm. So I go over and I just grab her in my arms and I'm like, Caleb doesn't have a heartbeat anymore. Caleb is no longer with us. He's in heaven with Jesus. And the sound that came out of her is the Mm. most horrific scream I've ever heard. It Mm. was just pure heartbreak because she didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand what was going on. We came. We expected that, you know, we were going to see him just like we've seen him every other two weeks.
0: You expected a great doctor's visit.
1: Yes. Just, you know, we were enjoying the time that we had together with her before these bouncing babies come in and, you know, yeah. make us busy. And
0: that's not what happened at all. So... You know, I shared with you that, you know, I had a similar experience and there's nothing like, you know, the loss of a child. There's nothing, nothing like it. You can't describe it. Only people that have been through it can even imagine what that feels like. But I know that one of the questions that may be difficult for you is when people ask you, how many children do you have? How do you answer that question?
1: It depends on where I'm at emotionally that day and who I meet. If I'm meeting a random stranger at the supermarket and we're just chit-chatting, I'm probably going to say I have two kids. But if I meet somebody that I'm going to meet again or that's going to be a part of my life at some point, I always tell them that I have three kids. I have two earth side and one on the other side of heaven that's waiting on me. And especially whenever we start talking about twins. Yeah. Multiples are crazily common these days. So um we talk about twins a lot. I'm a twin. My twin has twins. <laughs> um, so when we get to that, I'm just like, yeah, I have twins. But then you get that reaction that they don't know what to say. Yeah. But if I don't say that, you know, I have three kids, I have a son, then I feel like I'm betraying Caleb. And that's not anything that I ever want today because he is my son yeah i was only able to hold him for a few minutes on this side of heaven but he's still my son
0: yes yes and
1: i don't know that there's a right or a wrong answer i guess it's just where you're at that day and where people are in general i'm more bold than some people
0: are so i don't know just where you are so when you start to think about um you know your relationship with your husband Mm -hmm. you know this is really kind of personal right and so so many times um parents that lose children have a really hard time connecting yeah um once they've lost a child i know that for me and my husband you know my husband um took our son's death very very hard and i feel like that i was busy consoling him that I didn't really get a chance to grieve until much later, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's hard for people to be able to to do that, and um, and to, to to grieve at the same time can be really difficult. Right. Um, how have you and your your husband handled the loss of Caleb in in the grief part?
1: I think that it was actually opposite for us. I think that I spent so much time grieving and so much time just not being okay that his grief got put on the back burner because after we found out that Caleb's heart didn't beat anymore, I got sent to the hospital and I was going to stay there until Kaylee was born. So he was the one that had to continue our day-to-day life with our seven-year-old. That evening after we found out about Caleb, he had to go home and pack some stuff up. And he walks into our home The that morning when we left. I was pregnant with our twins. We had everything all over the house in in their bedroom. We had both their cribs. We had both their car seats. We had their names hung up above the cribs. And he had to walk in by himself and face that. There was nobody there for him to lean on because I was at the hospital. Right. So I think that sometimes that he didn't get the time that he need needed to grieve because he's been so worried about me right. and so worried about um, my daughter. And I believe wholeheartedly that you have to work through that grief or it's going to come out negatively down the road. Yes. And I always make sure that Madeline has an outlet that she can speak about Caleb and that she feels safe and ways to work through it. And I think that I try to do the best that I can for myself, but I often wonder what can I do more for him to help him through it? Because, you know, the whole men macho thing, they're not supposed to grieve. They're supposed to, you know, be strong and tough, but it's okay for him not to be strong and tough because this was his only son. Yeah. This is our, this was our only son. So there's a huge loss for him that I hope, that he will continue to grieve.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know that, you know, our son Taj is a part of our lives. He will be 21 years old and we talk about him all the time. Uh So how is it in your family with saying Caleb's name and him being a part of your life?
1: From the very beginning, he was always... A topic of our conversation, a topic of our day to day, because I feel like in society as we are today, if you don't have something tangible, it doesn't exist. So if it's not in your hand, it's not there or it wasn't real. So his presence has always been in our home. I have um, a picture of him in our coffee, on our coffee table, in our living room of his little feet. Mm-hmm. We had this bear um, that I received at the hospital, and my daughter named him Kayla Bear. And we take Kayla Bear everywhere with us. He went to the beach with us a few weeks ago um, for birthdays. So we dress him in his little one-year-old outfit, <laughs> and we dress her in her little one-year-old outfit. Oh, that's so cute. And pe- my, the people that surround me embrace him as well. They have never forgot that she is a twin yes. and that he was there. Um, So we just continue to talk about him. Um, And like you said earlier, you know, you think about what they would be doing or what they would be into. You know, Kaylee would be running around being crazy. And I'm like, yep, your brother would have been the calm one. Yes. So we just keep him alive. We keep him present. We try to include him in everything that we do.
0: So. Were there some helpful things that people said to you after Caleb died or was there things that were not so helpful?
1: Oh, there were some really dumb comments. (laughs) But (laughs) they had good intentions. Um, The one that I cringe at is, well, at least you have her. And my thought on that is she is my daily reminder of what I do not have. Yeah. There's no there's no escaping that. She's there 24 hours a day.
0: Yes. I think I think you know for for me the one that makes me cringe is people would say, "Oh, you can have another one." Yeah. I'm like, "You can't." You can't have another. You can't never. I can replace never that baby. have another Taj. No, you know that can't replace that. He he is who he is yeah. and and was. So, I think that you, you're right. There are good intentions, but oh and my gosh, me
1: as a mother, I would never want to replace him or his memory because it's tragic and as hurtful and confusion confusing as his life was his short little life. It was very important to me. Yes. And his life meant, it meant the world to me. So I would never want to take that part of my story away or take that part of his story away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it is, it's been how old is she's 18 months. Okay. So it's been 18 months. Mm -hmm. Right. And you and the baby and Madeline, your husband, y'all are y'all are beginning to thrive again and have life again. We are. So how did you go from that grave moment to great? How did you go from grave to great again?
1: I consciously choose every day to be joyful and to put a purpose with the pain. Um, because me wallowing in it, and me feeling sorry for myself doesn't help anybody. So I guess my mission now in life is to educate everybody that I see that there's so many babies that were born every day that we remember as their mothers, but society doesn't know them.
0: Yes.
1: Um, so I choose joy. I choose to honor him and to remember him happily. And some days that's very, very hard.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I, I don't have to imagine. I know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's, we're just one day at a time. Every day is different. Some days are harder than the next, depending on where my grief is or where my husband's grief is or how tired we are, how chaotic it is. Sometimes it's a little bit easier to just kind of make it day by day. And then other days... You just stop and you just cry in the car and you listen to that music, and you pray and you do whatever has to make you you do to get through that moment and that time and know that there's love after loss,
0: yes, and you have to choose the love you know, for me, too, I had to give myself permission to feel joy again. yeah, I have been sad for so long. I had to give myself permission.
1: I think people don't give themselves that permission because they feel like if they're not crying and just physically and visibly emotional that they forgot. Yes. And nobody knows what's in your heart. Yeah. Nobody knows what's in your head.
0: So just because you're not visibly distraught doesn't mean that you're not distraught. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, Gwen, I tell you, it has been a pleasure to have you on grave to great today thank you so much for allowing me to share his story oh absolutely you're awesome thank you you're a wonderful mom and a wonderful wife and it's just a, you're a blessing so thank you so much thank you thanks for listening to keep up to date with our future episodes head on over to grave to and be sure to give us a review of your favorite podcast app we'll be back with a new episode next week see you then